0: I want to welcome everyone this morning to our service of worship, those here and also those joining us online today. This is the Lord's Day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our call to worship is found printed there in your bulletin, if you would join with me. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. God send his son into the world, to... Let us pray and confess our sin. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults and restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared in the world in Jesus Christ our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live in a holy Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth upon the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic. Union of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us greet one another this morning with a wave offering of peace. Best money long term for the church and uh, we every year take 5% of the earnings of the foundation and apply them to the mission and ministries here of the church. So again, very thankful. Ladies, uh, I am considering, it hasn't been set in stone by any means yet, but considering now resuming Thursday morning certainly congratulate them on reaching that anniversary again thank you all for the numerous contributions for the holiday almanac Uh, if you if you intended to turn something in but it's just gotten past you please do so as soon as possible this week as we begin working on it in earnest Uh, i also call your announcement uh your attention to the announcements regarding the uh, faith Presbyterian church golf association uh one other thing uh she's sitting out here in the congregation this morning but friday night i had the honor of performing the wedding ceremony for megan whistle megan wilson and uh, Vadim igorovich igorovich i always have to get his name right he's a russian immigrant here from the united states from a long time back he and his family, I enjoyed getting to meet, and Margaret, and Megan, you were a beautiful bride, and Margaret, you are a beautiful mother of the bride. Very small ceremony out at Mallard's Craft in Marshall County. And uh, if you're ever looking for a place to have a nice uh, event or a wedding in a family that you wanted out in, in the nature, uh, I was truly impressed with the resources out there at Mallard's Cross. On by Hell Your Road, right past Goodman. So, again, congratulations to all of them. Now, this morning, uh, our first scripture reading is found in the book of Deuteronomy. I know it's a book that all of you read every night, and uh, it's the last book of Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 22. This is the other listing of the Ten Commandments in the Bible. We get them listed in the 20th chapter of Exodus, and then they are repeated here in the 5th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And I would like to read them. If you want to follow that reading, uh, page 122 in the uh, blue Pew Bibles. 129. 129. Sorry, thank you. 129 in the Pew Bibles. Moses summoned all Israel and said Hear, O Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing Learn them and be sure to follow them The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb It was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant But with us and with all who And with all of us who are alive here today The Lord's to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain and at that time I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain as he said I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but show him love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you six days you shall labor and do all your work But the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you shall not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter nor your manservant or maidservant nor your ox your donkey or any of your animals nor the alien within your gates so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do remember that you were slaves in egypt and that the lord your god brought you out out of there with a mighty hand, an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not set your desire on your neighbor's house or land, his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire and the cloud and the deep darkness, and he had nothing more. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word, the commandments from the book of Deuteronomy. (coughs) David Cummings brings us the Lord's Prayer. Thank you. But a river look to the Lord God in prayer this morning I want to share a couple of things again for those of you who were able to make it to the funeral service yesterday for Renault Derby I'm very grateful and for Bob he was very he was very pleased at the, the turnout yesterday and uh, continue to pray for him. him as he continues through this time of grief in his life last week um, came to our attention that uh, Denise Henderson, uh, the mother-in-law of uh, Faith and Michael Graff's son, who had been in an accident, had a traumatic brain injury, she has actually awakened from that injury following some major surgery and asked that you continue prayers for her. As I said uh, this past week, uh, Terry's mother, uh, Martha Woods, is, remains in the hospital in LaGrange, Georgia, fighting uh, the coronavirus. Martha is 88 years old and uh, she's also fighting an infection as well. So I ask uh, your continued prayers for her. Uh, and others that have been on our list uh, Mike Robinson was returned to the hospital at a Baptist east uh, from the Jewish nursing home and rehab center. Uh, He is uh, having great difficulties, just uh, breathing and other things. And so I asked your continued prayers for him. Uh, I asked your continued prayers for Bob and Barbara Kelly uh, Barbara has been in the memory care unit of now the Villages for a couple of weeks and she is, uh, you know, she's pretty isolated. Bob's not allowed to see her. Uh, and she, her short term memory continues to, to deteriorate quite a bit. Bob will be moving into the Villages later uh, this coming week. Is that right, Bob, this week? Thursday of this week, and we'll be moving into an independent apartment there. So I asked just that that move goes easy for him this coming week as well. And uh, I continue for others that have been on our prayer list. Dr. Knox, uh, they think they're going to do radiation treatment on his cancer. And so uh, I ask that you continue to pray for him and these coming weeks as they deal with his cancer and his, his just general decline of health across the board. With these things in mind, let us bow our heads and now go to the Lord our God in prayer. O oh, gracious and mighty God, we come to you this day and we come with many matters on our hearts We come and we realize that uh, in our life, despite this time in which life has been changed and our habits altered and so many different things, not uh, according to the way that we have done them in the past, but there are things that continue. We celebrate today the marriage of Megan and Vadim, and we pray your blessings upon them. We celebrate the 55 years of marriage of Glenn and Charlotte, and we pray your continued blessings upon them. We celebrate in the fact that the community and the friends and family of Ronelle Derby could gather together to worship you and to remember her life. We thank you, O oh Lord, for all those teachers and students and parents from kindergarten and preschool to university and colleges, how they are continuing now to teach and learn and persevere both online and in person across the land. We thank you for such dedication. We thank you for the faithfulness and the ingenuity of people everywhere as they work through and deal with this. We thank you, O Lord, that even our General Assembly could meet virtually online and do the business of the church across the land and around the world. We give you thanks. And now, Lord, we pray for those this day. We pray for those we have lifted up to you and spoken by name, but also all those in our own hearts We pray and we ask, Lord, your healing hand to be upon those ill and sick. We pray, Lord, that you would strengthen body and mind and spirit of those who are suffering and those who are feeling the effects of isolation. We pray that this day we pray lord that you would continue to help those who are doing the research on treatments and on vaccines and continue to make good progress and breakthroughs in those areas Almighty god we pray for our nation as we draw closer to a time of election and we pray lord that you will help us to to get out to vote in the days to come, either by mail or by person, but to exercise the duties as citizens of this land. We pray these things, and we ask them all this day in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned in our prayer, the General Assembly of our denomination met this past Thursday and Friday, totally online, One of the major presenters at that General Assembly was our own Yvonne Chapman, back there in the corner. Uh, She chairs the Permanent Judicial Commission, which is the court. Not, it is, the highest court is the General Assembly, but the court of the General Assembly for judicial matters of all kind is the Permanent Judicial Commission. And she had quite the report. And not only that, she had seven items to approve all. The first six went through with, with relatively easy motion. And the seventh one I knew would be the one that would cause fire, even online. And that was the, the dealing with virtual communion. And, you know, we have done virtual communion. And it is not ideal. But in our day and time, it was, uh, it is just what we have and it was a joy last week to celebrate communion here in person uh this the assembly did sustain the action of the permanent judicial commission as well as the stated clerk and uh so as long as the pandemic is in existence we are able to do that as well as in person and i think that is very much the correct decision in this regard so uh, you might later after church today, if you see her, congratulate her on a job well done, and a job that is certainly not an easy one for the denomination. Now, we turn to another book that I know you all read uh, every week, Second Chronicles, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 12. But I'm really, uh, for, for purposes this morning, uh, I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4. I invite you to read the rest of them. And if you want to know what happened to the Ark of the Covenant, read the rest of this. And, uh, uh, you know, we often think that the Ark was lost with Nebuchadnezzar, but it was actually Shishak out of uh, Egypt that probably took the ark and the candlestick and all those things from the temple of God. But that's another day and a different sermon. But join me now. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. After Rehoboam's position as king was established, and he had become strong, and here's the verse, he and all Israel with him Abandoned the law of the Lord, and because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, with twelve hundred chariots, sixty thousand horsemen, and the innumerable troops of Libyans, Sukites, and Cushites. They came with him from Egypt, and he captured the 40, the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as jerusalem now like i said i invite you to read the rest of the chapter later on and uh, i think that it is a very important chapter to read and hear uh, as we remember the history of the people of god my sermon this morning is entitled when the law is abandoned when the law is abandoned we had the great privilege of hearing earlier this morning, and I think it is always a privilege to hear the commandments, the law of God, read out loud. Yes, we can read them and we know them, but when we hear them out loud, it helps us to focus in on them. And so, Uh, Anytime the commandments can be read, it is good, and especially in worship. There are some churches that every Sunday, in addition to saying the creed and the prayers, they say the law every Sunday. And it is something that might be considered to be a good practice just to remind us of the commandments of God. The law, the Ten Commandments, laid the foundation for the people of God as they lived in relationship to God and to each other and to other human beings. That is and that was the purpose of the Ten Commandments. Think about it. You know. We've studied from time to time in Bible studies and other places the book of Exodus and the law of God from the book of Deuteronomy. Think about why God gave them. The people wandering around in the desert, they'd been freed from slavery. They didn't have any really rules or regulations except whatever or whoever was the strongest. They could impose their will on things. And so God gives them a means, and that means was the law. God gives them the commandments. The first four commandments deal specifically with our relationship to God. And the last six really deal with our relationship with one another as family, as neighbors, as people in a land. These, this law helps establish what I would call right practice. Right practice. Righteousness is a word that comes from right practice. Right practice. To say one is righteous is to say one practices right. What does that person practice? In this case, the law and or the gospel. Right practice. As opposed to what? As opposed to sinful practice as opposed to that which is contrary to the law. Now let's think a little more about this in that regard. Let's think about what that means and what that does. I always, and when we ever have a Bible study that is uh, involving uh, laws or the law of God, I always have this wonderful argument that is just one of those arguments that You really can't answer. And Jesus pointed this out. You know, the law serves what? It serves to tell us what is sin and what is not sin. If there is not a law against something, can it be wrong? Now think about that. If there is not a law against something, can it be wrong? For instance... For instance, if it's not a law to take one of the commandments to covet, then we would covet everything and not feel bad about it. Oh, I really like what she has. Oh, I really like what he has done with his business and I'm going to covet it to the point of how can I get his business? And so the law dis- establishes what is right and wrong. It sets, if you will, boundaries. Now think about this. It sets the boundaries. Everybody has boundaries set. When a couple gets married, the whole purpose is to first legally identify that they are a married couple. Second, it sets new conditions. It sets new boundaries for those who are married. And they live within the covenant of those boundaries. That is the purpose of that. It does. If you've ever had children or grandchildren, especially your children, because very few grandparents set boundaries for their grandchildren. Just saying. But... For your children, you like to set boundaries. You you know, you can do this. And children need boundaries, especially those teenage years. They need boundaries. You know, my parents set boundaries for me. I can remember you could never be late for dinner. If you were late for dinner, you got grounded. I was late five minutes one time, coming from my girlfriend's house for dinner. Got grounded for two weeks, for five minutes. The boundaries, boundaries about curfews, boundaries about different things, about study and things like that. We set boundaries. Boundaries are in this case, the law of the house and every household has its set of laws, its set of rules and regulations just as the people of god had their own laws and regulations other boundaries that we have natural in this country when you become 18 years old you are a legal adult there's a different set of laws that apply to you than before you were 18 when you were considered a minor that is one when you take oaths for anything Some of you have taken oaths for different things. If you've ever served in the United States military, you had to raise your hand and take the oath. You had to promise to do many different things. Among those, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. If you take an oath as a juror, you're swearing to abide by the law and to be truthful and be impartial to the evidence that you hear in court. And there are other oaths as examples. So, these things all, as demonstrated from the Scripture, they give us a means of living. They set boundaries for us in our life. Now, here in this second book of Chronicles, where the history of Israel from the time of Eli down through the last of the kings of the divided kingdom is recorded. Here in this second book, we have the transition of power. Solomon, the third king of Israel, perhaps the greatest king of Israel, has died and his son one of his sons solomon had a lot of children but his son named rehoboam is the one whom is been appointed who's been selected to become king but the tribes to the north which were 10 of them did not want rehoboam but the tribes in the south which were two of them wanted Rehoboam. And besides that, Rehoboam held the capital, Jerusalem. And so there was great anguish going on. And what happens is something strange. It says here that Rehoboam, and not just his allies, but all of the people of God, they abandoned the law of the Lord. They abandon the law of the Lord. This is the only time that that phrase occurs in the Bible. Abandon the law of the Lord. Now, we know in other places the law is abandoned, but it doesn't, it's not expressed like this. Think about that. They abandoned the law of God. How? How? How could the people of God abandon the law of God? And yet they did. And they did. And they began to suffer the consequences of their action. Think of that. Think of almost the matter-of-factness that that is said here in this story. And think about it in context of our own time. The actions of abandoning the law brought consequences and it also brought judgment. Now, all of us from time to time certainly have broken the law. All of us have certainly broken other, what I would call city ordinances and policies. For instance, some of us have let our grass get too tall from time to time. And you might have gotten a little letter from your city saying, hmm, your grass needs cutting. Some of us may have exceeded the celebrated speed limits of this particular town or that one, and may have been aptly rewarded. Some of us may have disagreed with other things, but for the most part, we don't break any of the major laws. But still, we're not either a people who has abandoned the law, but here it has. But if we look across our country and across the land, we see that in many places the law of the land is being abandoned. We see that the law of God is just set aside as if it didn't exist or if it had no purpose whatsoever. That happens. And we need to be very conscientious about what is going on across the land. We live in a time when, as the law of God has been jettisoned from public discourse, has been ignored, in some cases torn down, in some cases removed totally from any sort of public forum we need to remember that there are consequences for people for a country. We live in a time when mayors and governors relinquish their responsibilities as elected officials to see to the safe and good practices of the people in their towns, cities, communities, and states. They abandon the law by ignoring it, by not enforcing it, by not seeking, if the law needs to be changed, by the legislative processes that are set up across the land to do so. It is a serious thing that will have serious consequences for our nation that will lead to, I think, more chaos, more difficulty, and much more hardship across the land. The warning to us all in these times are that these broken boundaries this retribution that is going on will make everyone's life more miserable, just as it did the people of God here under the rule of Rehoboam when they abandoned the law of God. You know, Jesus came during a time when the land was broken in part. Jesus came in a time when his own people abandoned their own laws and took him for judgment to Rome via Pontius Pilate, the governor. They abandoned it when they had one of their own crucified. And yet, even at abandoning it, God used it for our own good, using our and those in the past, their breaking of the commandments. He used it by his son dying on a cross, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So God is merciful but God lets his people and others experience the consequences and the wrath of abandoning the law. It distresses my heart as we come upon this election that is coming up in November, where there is so much bitterness, so much division across the land where no one wants to abide by the law, where everyone thinks that they are right and that our system is old and it is broken. But I tell you, the system may have its flaws, but it is still a good system. By far the best in the whole world. And we would be foolish as a people to abandon what we have now in this land and in this country. There are warnings that come from the scripture about times when we think too much of our own opinions and not about what God has given us and about the laws that he has set forth. We would do well to remember the law of God. We would do well to remember the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we would do better by sharing that as often as we can, doing the things that God wants us to do. Finally, not everyone in our land believes in God. As a matter of fact, I think that by the end of this decade, the number of those who believe as Christian will be less than half of the population of the United States. Not that so many others are going after other religions not at all, but that there are this many former Christians, people who came from Christian families and Christian homes, who have forsaken the gospel, who have abandoned its principles and the law, and who have no regard. I have just recently read that the next great mission field in the United States will be among all those who used to be Christian in their practice, in their belief, but who have abandoned the ways of the faith. And I think that is right. There have been other periods in American history where it has been just as that. So God is preparing the harvest fields. He is ripening There will come a day when people will want to once again abide by the law, both of God and of man. And where the gospel of Jesus Christ will be received as it should be, as the good news that saves us. But until then, be ready. Be prepared. Because great difficulty lays before us for many are abandoning the law amen this morning if you would care on your way out to make an offering the offering plate is there in the back again I thank you for all your faithfulness and your giving to the church let us pray well gracious God we thank you for your word For the commandments, for the instruction that reminds us that from time to time down through the course of history, people, including the very people of God, have abandoned your law and your ways. But Lord, help us. Help us to treasure your law, help us to keep the gospel that we might be witnesses to the world. We pray these things and we give our heartfelt thanks this day for all that you bless us with. And we give these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you are able, let's open the hymn book and stand and sing hymn number 340, Word of God Across the Ages, number 340. Now my friends, go from this place this morning in peace, hold strong to your faith, have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day, and I do pray forevermore, amen.